I mentioned yesterday that outline five will be presented in two separate messages. And the subject, as it is on the outline, is the intrinsic factor of the winds of teaching for their evil purpose. That is in the major section, Roman numeral two, on your outline. And that will be covered in message six. And so the first section, almost a full page, will be the basic content of this message. And I may describe it this way. The intrinsic meaning of the teaching of the apostles. Before we come to the outline itself. I need to be a little tour guide with you. Through certain parts of the New Testament. In order for us to touch. What I just called was the intrinsic meaning of the teaching. It's very easy to read Acts 2.42, and we're very clear this is the apostles' teaching. But what is the source? What is the nature of the apostles' teaching? Why is it that we follow the apostles to be so strict that we do not permit other kinds of teaching. We receive all believers. We all have the common faith and the common salvation. We do not receive all ministries. Only the ministry of those who are carrying out in the body, their portion of the new covenant ministry. And there is a very important reason for this that will be addressed mainly in message six. So I'd like to begin with Jesus. But you'll see, actually, I want to begin with the Father. In John chapter 7, the Lord Jesus said this in verse 16. In verse 15, they answered, How this man who wasn't educated, how could he say this? Jesus therefore answered them and said, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. This is the son of God, who by incarnation has become the son of man. But he is the complete God and a perfect man. And Repeatedly, in the Gospels, he is addressed as teacher. He's called teacher. 
And I'd like to go back to Matthew 23. And read this verse. This is verse 8. But you do not be called rabbi. For one is your teacher. And you all are brothers. Only one is the teacher. And I mentioned again and again. He is called teacher, and at times he refers himself, I am the teacher. But now the teacher is saying, my teaching is not mine. It's the father's. He's the father who sent me. This needs to uh, get into us. This is the perfect, sinless God-man, mature in wisdom, spiritually and humanly. In his ministry, he is teaching, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and teaching throughout the land. And here he says, my, this teaching, my teaching is not mine. The father was the source of his teaching. Now we turn to John chapter 8 to read a verse which confirms chapter 7, verse 16. Jesus therefore said to them, when you lift up the son of man, then you will know that I am and that I do nothing from myself. But as my father has taught me, I speak these things. The father taught him. He did not speak whatever he was inclined to speak as a human. He, the father, taught him, and he spoke what the father taught him. This is the Christ who is in us. And we know from John 5, when the religious ones were attacking him because he did a miracle in their eyes on the Sabbath, and he said, my father is working until now, and I am working. He came to do the father's will. To do the work that the father assigned to him. And now, for a further strengthening of this thought, we go to the end of John chapter 12. Verses 49 and 50. For I have not spoken from myself, but the Father who sent me, he himself has given me commandment what to say 
and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. The things, therefore, that I speak, even as the Father has said to me, so I speak. And I would just like to pause here before we take another step. For us to see the principle that's established here. In the epistle to J- written by James. He says in chapter 3. Not many of you. Should aspire to be teachers. Teachers will be judged with greater severity. And so now, in a certain way, I'm inquiring of the Lord, who knows all things. He knows everything that's taking place. He was aware of every word I speak. And I inquire of him, but not expecting an answer to me. I'm inquiring to honor him. Lord, Is there any speaking by brothers from themselves? From themselves. And I'm turning back to John 7 again. Chapter 7. And the Lord says this. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. He who speaks from himself. I'd like to just share again an experience I had under the Lord's arrangement in the winter of 1967. I had been in Los Angeles for about six months. All that time, Brother Lee was in Taiwan. So obviously I couldn't meet him. Then he came back to Los Angeles. And on the Lord's Day morning, he was speaking. And surely this was the Lord's shepherding and his interceding as he was speaking. I just had this strong sense. I've never heard a man speak like this. And two words kept going through me. No self. No self. Because from the time I was 16, when I spoke my first so-called sermon, because I had some natural ability all the way through my seminary studies and beyond until 1966. Everything I spoke was for my own glory. And at a certain time, the Lord came to me strongly and directly to judge everything that was spoken 
like that. And I'm so thankful he did that. And this is not a training of any kind. I don't know if there will ever be a training. If brothers would really be open for a training. On ministering the word. But here the Lord Jesus did not speak from himself. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. But he who seeks the glory of him who sent him. This one is true. And unrighteousness is not in him. Every word. Every word he spoke. Was from God the Father. That is why. Peter. In John 6. 63. When the Lord. Asked. And so many went away. He asked. Are you also. Not going away. And Peter said. Where shall we go. You have the words. Of eternal life. His words are spirit and life. So we have established firmly from the scriptures that the Lord Jesus in his ministry as the teacher who was teaching continuously did not teach anything that originated with him. He only taught what he learned from the Father. He only spoke what he heard the Father speaking. So we have established that the Son's teaching is like this. Now we take a a major second step to John chapter 16. Starting in verse 12. I have yet many things to say to you. But you cannot bear them now. But when he. The spirit of reality comes. He will guide you. Into all the reality. Now please note this. For he will not speak from himself. But what he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are coming. He will glorify me. For he will receive of mine. And will declare it to you. All that the father has is mine. For this reason. I have said that. He receives of mine. And will declare it to you. So now the spirit. Is speaking. The spirit is guiding us. Into all the reality. He will not speak from himself. The spirit, even at this very moment, 
does not speak from himself. He speaks what he heard from the Son and what he received from the Son. Now, can we briefly trace this backwards? The Spirit is speaking what he heard from the Son. The Spirit did not speak from himself. The Son did not speak from himself. He spoke what he heard and learned from the Father. From this, we can conclude with a clear being renewed mind. The Father is the unique source, the only source of teaching. Well, we're still not with the apostles, are we? We're with the triune God. So let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I start reading from verse 6. We do, but we do speak wisdom among those who are full grown. Yet a wisdom not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are being brought to nothing. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The wisdom which has been hidden which God predestinated before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age have known. For if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not come up in man's heart, Things which God has prepared for those who love him. But to us, God has revealed them through the spirit. For the spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? In the same way, the things of God also no one has known except the Spirit of God. But we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is from God, that we may know the things which have been graciously given to us by God. Which things also we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual things with spiritual words. So I hope we can all see this next step. The first, from father to son. Then second, from son to spirit. Now from spirit 
to apostles, the Spirit revealed, the Spirit spoke what he was instructed to speak by the, from the Son. And so this became the apostles' teaching, but there's a further step. The apostles have to speak. That's more than obvious. But how do they speak? Which things also we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. Interpreting spiritual things with spiritual words. So the apostles' teaching is with words taught by the Spirit. What the apostles teach. I'm going beyond time. Just, of course, what they did teach. They received from the Spirit. What the Spirit revealed. He received from the Son. What the Son spoke, he received from the Father. This is the intrinsic significance of the Apostles' teaching. Now I would point out Paul's word to Timothy. Paul had left him in Ephesus. And he instructed Timothy to stop those who are teaching different things. It may seem innocuous, harmless. Here is someone who is among us or comes to be with us. And he has this, oh, this interesting, fascinating teaching about this and that, and about prophecy, and this and that. He's such an eloquent speaker. But those with discernment, and, and those that word those needs to apply to all of us, they are clear. This is a different teaching. So let's go on to consider this. Where do different teachings come from? The Greek word for heresy is hieresis. Not racist, but racist. And the thought in the word is choosing for yourself. You make your own choice. And so someone with a strong mind, a strong will, much self-love, pursuing self-glory. Oh, just likes to utter things that will cause people to virtually worship him. This takes place every so-called Sunday morning when the eloquent preachers stand there. But what is the source of a different teaching? There are two aspects to this. Obviously, it's a human source. It's not the spirit. It's from the self. 
And now we have the second source. Satan. Matthew 16. Get behind me, Satan. He said to Peter, your mind are on the things of men, not on the things of God. He expressed his own idea, opinion. And he was one with Satan, speaking Satan to the Son of God. So I hope, I realize this is the first presentation you might have ever heard of this. And I can say, thankfully to the Lord and gladly to you, this is the fullest presentation I have ever made of this matter. Maybe every year or two, I present this to the trainees, but not like this. And so we follow the apostles' teaching because what they teach and the way they teach has its source in the Spirit, who has his source in the Son, and who has this source from the Father. Any teaching different from the apostles' teaching is satanic in source. Only God knows the level of intelligence that Brother Watchman he had, a photographic, photographic memory, just immense capacity. But he himself, based upon the truth and his experience, he knows what it is. To have all natural ability put to death and then brought into resurrection, where only in resurrection will it be used by the Spirit. And the Lord used that brilliant, terminated, renewed mind to take the recovery to its final state. And the reason we have confidence in the teachings of Brother Witness Lee and Brother Watchman Nee is that what they teach is the apostles' teaching. The apostles' teaching has become their teaching. We don't follow any person blindly or preferentially. We have the discernment. And because there are humans, if there was just a minor mistake or a misspeaking, the body knows, the spirit knows, and that will be adjusted. Now we can go through uh, the first part of the outline. And the time is just perfect. The Lord is so wise. I have about 33 or 34 minutes. And I might only need 32 minutes. I read point one again. The teaching of the apostles is the unique and healthy teaching of God's eternal economy. Unique and healthy. And in 
First and second Timothy and Titus, Paul uses that word a number of times. Healthy teaching. And in contrast, there is a sickening teaching. We will consider that in message six. A, the teaching of the apostles is the entire teaching of the New Testament as God speaking in the Son to his New Testament people. We know this from Hebrews chapter 1. God speaks in the Son. When the Son was here on earth as the Son of Man, God spoke directly in him. But once he resurrected and breathed the life-giving spirit into us and then ascended to the heavens and poured out the economical spirit of power, God speaks in the Son in us, meaning the apostles. And this was from Acts all the way through to Revelation. When in Revelation, this speaking was intensified, that God spoke in his son through the sevenfold intensified spirit in the apostle John. But whether it's the Gospels, Acts, the Epistles, Revelation, in essence, it is God speaking in the Son through the Spirit with words taught by the Spirit. When one aspect of Brother Lee's precision and his character is he had many dictionaries in his home office. And when he received more light from the word of God, he realized he needed a word to express this. And was very careful with the language. It's the principle of following the leading of the spirit, not only in what we say, but how we say it. B, the teaching of the apostles is the unique divine revelation of God's New Testament economy from the incarnation to the consummation of the new Jerusalem. To state it simply, the New Testament is the apostles' teaching. And we are instructed and warned, warned in Revelation 22, don't add anything to this. Don't take anything away. There will be judgment. So it is the cults, like the Mormons and others, they claim to have an additional revelation. That is devilish. There is no direct revelation beyond the New Testament. We pray to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation to have the spiritual understanding of what has been revealed in the New Testament, not to get something unique ourselves. 
See, the teaching of the apostles is the holding factor of the one accord, causing us to have one heart, one way, and one goal. As soon as a different teaching comes in, there will be discord. Eventually, there might be division and separation. Happened to the brethren countless times. But the apostles' teaching is the holding factor of the one accord. There is this one teaching throughout the whole recovery. I say sincerely, I fear. I fear for any brother. I leave the religious system to the Lord to deal with. Any brother who has the audacity, who dares to give his own personal teaching in his own way. Doesn't matter whether that one is an apostle, an elder, he might be 98 years old and be so mature. We do not accept any teaching from anyone that is contrary to the apostles' teaching. Because those different teachings cause divisions. That's the history of Western Christianity, especially from the time of the Reformation. D, we must be those who are holding to the faithful word, which is according to the teaching of the apostles. Holding, holding to the faithful word, which is according to the teaching of the apostles. In Revelation chapter 17, verse 14, we have a record of Christ coming with his vital army to deal with Antichrist at Armageddon. And we're told in that verse that Christ has overcome. And then the verse says, those who are with him also overcome. And these overcomers are called, chosen, and faithful. Faithful. This is what the Lord is looking for in his recovery. Healthy, faithful words. Faithful to the Lord. Sometimes we have no choice other than because of the Lord's leading. We need to speak directly to certain situations. Realizing if some are in the flesh, in the self, in the mind, they might be bothered. And we have no intention of trying to bother anyone, but the truth must prevail. And the sword of the spirit must be applied. That Paul 
in one of his epistles was in a situation and had to say something. He said, I will speak something as one who has received mercy from the Lord to be faithful. And this is one personal prayer I have. I share with you a little bit from time to time. Lord, grant me this mercy to be faithful unto the end of the journey. Unto the end. Faithful to the triune God. Faithful to the anointing. Faithful to the truth. Faithful to the divine revelation. Faithful to the apostles' teaching. One, the churches were established according to the apostles' teaching and followed their teaching. And the order of the churches was maintained by the faithful word, which was given according to the apostles' teaching. The brothers need to speak locally. There are such things as local prophets. The Lord spoke to the messengers of the seven churches. The stars, they have to speak faithfully the apostles' teaching. The brothers are not robots. We're not tape recorders in a mechanical sense. We have to speak in our language according to the principle of incarnation, but in essence and in content, it's all faithful and true. And therefore, to the recipients, it's healthy. Two, we must speak the things that are fitting to the healthy teaching of the apostles, the teaching of God's economy. And I had the feeling to say a little bit about the effect of healthy teaching. And I don't know the full effects. I would mention two. One is it supplies life. Two, further the development of the saints. To improve their health, to strengthen their inner being according to God. But there have been times, many times, where the healthy words are first healing words. Some have been misled. Some have been hurt and damaged by certain kinds of speaking. Certain germs, deadly germs, were imparted to some. Through reckless speaking. But the healthy words heal. God has a wise way to deal with chaos and disorder now. We know from Ephesians 1.10. Through Christ, God will head up all things in the whole universe. 
because due to the rebellion of Satan and the fall of man, there's just this huge collapse, a pile, a heap of collapse. And God's way is not to come in with outward expressions of power and authority. He shines light and life into the situation. That's what God meant Jesus came when he was here, speaking words of life. He is the light of the world. And dear saints, when they are aware of serious needs, they might have their concepts or their views or expectations of how the Lord directly or through serving ones would address it. But his primary way is through speaking healthy words. I am ready and I am required to speak to everyone in this audience that no negative element, no poisonous word has somehow got into you can withstand the faithful words of the apostles' teaching. I'm thinking of the Lord Jesus who said, you know, I am the physician. I came not to call. I came to heal the sick. And the enemy is fierce. And those who have been here for decades know but he can inflict in his subtle way. We'll deal with him tonight. The Lord will strike him a blow tonight. And we will be one with him. Faithful, healthy words. I never heard a word out of Brother Lee's mouth that wasn't faithful and healthy. And I edited almost all of the life studies. Brother Ed did some. I devoted 24 years of my life for that. I know what I'm talking about. And this is the kind of words that must continue among us until the Lord comes. <clears throat> so we must speak the things that are fitting the healthy teaching. E, any teaching that was different from the apostles' teaching was not allowed by the apostles. Teaching different things was prohibited. Okay, others can call us what we want. You can say narrow. Yes. Yes. In a certain sense, we are. Because we followed the Lord's word in Matthew 7. We entered the narrow gate. And we're walking on a constricted way. And that part of our being which needs much restriction is our tongue. What we speak. Because it's a restricted way that leads to life in the kingdom. 
One, differing teachings refers to teachings that are not in line with the economy of God. So we need to have a thorough knowledge of the economy of God to have this discernment. Two, the disorder in the church is due mainly to deviation from the apostles' teaching. This is proved by the history. Small a, to counter this, we must hold to the faithful word taught in the churches according to the apostles' teaching. I say again, everything taught in the churches beginning with children's meetings at the youngest, the earliest age. The brothers, but especially the sisters, you are serving in a most wonderful way again and again to impart life and light and love and truth into these dear children. And in this country, at least you're doing it in the midst of an age full of lies and deception and satanic mindset. Every word in a home meeting for mutual learning, we speak to one another healthy words. So we have to, again, I say we're not robots, we're not mechanical, we're living human beings. You just speak according to the person you are in Christ, but you speak according to the apostles' teaching, which have been wrought into your being. Little b. In a darkened and confused situation, We need to cleave, that is cling, to the enlightening and ordering word in the New Testament, the apostles' teaching. It's an enlightening word. And it's an ordering word. Not an organizing word. An ordering word to bring everything in organic order. Surely, each one of us wants our body to be in order. And when things are functioning normally, we're not aware of them. I don't hear what my stomach is doing, what other parts of me are doing. It's when there's a problem that you are aware of it. So if there's a problem, there's a kind of disorder, we speak life. Light, truth, all of which are Christ into the situation. Three, we must avoid differing teachings and concentrate on God's economy concerning Christ and the church. This is one reason every once in a while a visitor comes And they see the book room in a a meeting hall. Or they come into uh, building four 
on the Living Stream Ministry campus, which is the bookstore. And then they see we only, but only two, two authors there. Why don't you have this and that? This person, that person, he's famous, he's this. Well, what the saints read is up to them. We're not controlling the lives of the saints. But in the churches and in the work, we realize, and I have the ground to say this, it's just a fact. Uh, under the Lord's leading, I've, I've, kept, I've been keeping watch over the theological situation in Christianity for almost 50 years. Be aware what's going on. And so when some ask the question, why don't you have this book or that book? Well, the answer would be, as Brother Lee told me once about some famous authors, there's no life in their books. There's no life. If there is something, Brother Lee found one many years ago, he recommended it, and even asked me to read part of it in a meeting. That's rare. But we're not going to bring into the experience of the saints anything injurious, anything that's not healthy. And it, it, I don't have a chip on my shoulder. I'm not looking for a fight, a verbal argument or anything. But I would just say, I'm very familiar with the ministry of Watchmany and Witness Lee. Show me any book on the market right now that can match what is in these books. Just show me. I'll get it. I'm not afraid of reading it. I'll read it with discernment. But I'm aware of what's on the market. It's not the real thing. So once again, we're restricted because the way God ordained for us is restricted. We are not following brothers Nee and Lee. We are following the apostles' teaching brought to us faithfully through them. Yeah, for the apostle Paul taught the same thing in all the churches. So also... We also must teach the same thing in all the churches in every country throughout the earth. We read 1 Corinthians 4.17. I will send Timothy, my dear spiritual child. He knew Timothy could represent him and teach what Paul taught everywhere. There's no such thing as a local teaching, a national teaching, a racial teaching. A cultural teaching. <clears throat> There's only the apostles' teaching. There's no other. It's the same throughout the whole earth. G, we're nearing the end here. G is a long statement. <clears throat> the crucial point of the healthy teaching of the apostle, apostolic ministry concerns the triune God processed to dispense himself as the all-inclusive life-giving spirit into his chosen ones 
so that they may be brought into an organic union to receive the divine transmit, transfusion and thereby become sons of God and members of Christ. As a result, they can become the body of Christ to express Christ, the one in whom the fullness of God dwells. I have about eight minutes, well, seven minutes now. I'd like to read this again. Okay, we're talking about the crucial point of the healthy teaching. The healthy teaching of the apostolic ministry. That crucial point concerns the triune God processed. Why processed? To dispense himself as the all-inclusive life-giving spirit into his chosen ones. That's us. Praise the Lord. The redeemed ones, the regenerated ones. And what is the goal? So that they may be brought into an organic union to receive the divine transfusion and thereby become sons of God and members of Christ. As a result, they can become the body of Christ to express Christ, the one in whom all the fullness of God dwells. This connects the healthy apostles' teaching to the crucial point in God's economy. And I'm so thankful that not only do we have the faithful teaching in the ministry of the age, we have the proper focus on the matter contained in this point G. And now the last one, last point. All teachings that are different from the unique revelation of God's New Testament economy are considered by the apostles as winds of teaching. So this point H is the segue, that is the transition into the next point, to the winds of teaching. And I hope you will come back for that message because it's necessary and it's time for us together in this conference to confront the enemy in the name of the victorious Christ and expose his strategy of blowing winds of teaching in order to nullify God's work and to carry saints away from Christ and the church. <clears throat> But we stop here with the apostles' teaching. Then armed with the apostles' teaching, we will be able to fight the good fight of the faith. See you again later for message six.